You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Advocacy Update podcast. My name is Clark Rockfall, and I am the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind. Thank you to everyone listening on ACB radio, as well as those out there in internet land, listening via your favorite podcast player. As always, if you'd like to learn more about the American Council of the Blind, you can visit our website at www.acb.org. All right, and unfortunately, no Claire Stanley today, no Eric Bridges, you all are stuck with me, Uh, but we're gonna make up for that by having an amazing guest, and I'll ask her to introduce herself here in a little bit, because I can uh, by no means do her justice. And we have Miss Marilee Talkington. Marilee, how are you doing today? I am great, and I am so happy to be talking to you and everyone else that's listening. Good morning. Good morning. So, Marilee, you are an autist, an actor. Um, Tell us a little bit about your professional background. Sure, yeah. So, I've been... um, um uh acting and directing creating writing designing all kinds of stuff um for almost 25 years almost a quarter of a century um started acting in about 95 started directing in 99 started writing my own material in 2000 and um mostly for stage but i started including video pretty early on um i've done a tremendous amount of training um including at the very beginning, studio classes in the evening, summer training programs. Um, I have an MFA in acting, I believe. Um, one of only two legally blind um, actresses in Northern America that actually has an MFA in acting, um, which I'm both proud and dismayed by. There should be many, many more of us by this time. Um, so I've been acting in theater. I graduated uh, with my MFA in 2004, and I kept creating work. I was been acting on stage in New York, in the Bay Area, um, orig- have originated a ton of awesome, fun roles, um, I think a little over 80 at this point, um, and um, I've kind of gotten a, a reputation of being um, transformative because I enjoy, to, I enjoy stepping in fully to the characters, so um, I'm that person that would often get cast to play four or five characters in one show. Um, and probably about four years ago, uh, I got the itch to try television. But, yeah, it's about three and a half years ago. Um, cause I felt like I, um, wanted to challenge myself, try another medium. And also I just felt like I had, I knew that I had the potential and the, um, desire to make larger change and television and film actually creates that visibility to do that kind of change. So I moved to New York about three and a half years ago and started doing film, um, and then hit television about a year and a half ago, maybe more, and have been doing TV since and, um, and now writing. I just wrote my first TV pilot. So. And now launching my first training program for blind and low vision actors. So it's been, it's been quite a wonderful 25 years up to this point. Can't wait to go another 50. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just to back up a little bit, Marilee, you said you, uh, as far as you know, you are one of two blind actors with an MFA. I'm assuming masters of fine arts. Um, Yes. 
What and actresses, actresses. I will say there's two. There's two guys. Okay. That I believe have MFAs, but there's only two women, so it's like four total, but two actresses. Yeah. Sorry, I keep going. No, not not a problem. I mean, so two women, two guys, four total. That's a pretty yeah. small talent pool. What is it like being one of four blind actors in Hollywood? Well, the thing is, we're not the only blind actors, though. You know, okay. MFA programs are very one, they're extremely difficult to get into. Two, they're extremely um, expensive. Three, you know, blind actors may have auditioned, but the level of discrimination and ableist thought in the conservatory and university settings is um, profound. So um, there are blind actors out there that have just taken different routes. Um, they've trained on their own in acting studios um, or in you know, undergrad programs or have just learned it by going. So I'm not one of only four. There's blind actors out there. Um, it's just, we happen to be the most trained. Um, so how does that feel? Yep. Go for it. Mm -hmm. I was just going to ask, and you touched on um, some discrimination. Um, have you faced many challenges throughout your 25 year career? Of course. I mean, we could we could spend hours just on that topic alone. Um, the first cold read audition I ever went on, I was told that if I couldn't read the script, I didn't belong on stage and I was excused from the audition. Um, the wow. first movement class for actors that I signed up for, as soon as the teacher found out about my vision, she unenrolled me from the class and told me that she couldn't teach people like me and that um, it just the work was not for me. So I had to fight to get back in the class. Um, and so there's been a lot of proving. I mean, even going into the Masters of Fine Arts um, program, I distinctly remember the head of the program asking me um, before I got in, uh, can you do what the sighted actors can do because we can't change our pedagogy to adjust, to accommodate for you. Um, and, I, and so throughout, in terms of training throughout, I, I would always have to say, well, yes, of course. I had no idea what the classes were going to be, and often I would be excluded from the classes, or I'd have to fake it, or I would have to find ways to adapt myself. So a lot of that energy that I could have been putting directly into the work was going into adaptation, was going into um, advocating, or just being excluded altogether. Um, so it's, I mean, it's, it's rampant through the, just through the, the training. Um, yeah. schools and studios it's 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 really quite incredible in terms of the industry i mean like sure of course i mean i have it's it's all little stuff it's not just huge stuff it's little stuff it's like when i go into an audition and i say oh gosh you know i um i need uh if this is a cold read i need to get there early i need to get the sides ahead of time and it's the the size it's the oh god uh yeah fine okay <laughs> it's the um it's the jokes that are made um, about being a diva because I'm asking for accommodations. It's the straight up denial of accommodation saying it's not fair to the sighted actors for you to get something early. Um, it's going in, especially with TV and film, you know, it's, uh, having a long career on stage, theater, like, you know, my theater community knows me as a badass. Like they don't, they just, my art is actually what's respected. As soon as I started doing television, literally 
all of a sudden I started getting patted on the head going, Oh my goodness gracious. Look at what you can do. The, the patronizing, um, uh, actions in television is really extreme. It's a lot about, um, well, I'm, we're so lucky that we can give you an opportunity to be here rather than we are so lucky to have your art form here. Sure. Um, and so, throughout your career, have you noticed the opportunities available to blind actors? Has that evolved and changed or is it more of the same? It's literally changed probably in the past year. I mean, there have been blind roles out there, but they've never been given to an actual blind actor. Um, so I would say that it changed about a year ago, but even a year ago, I mean, um, you know, roles are given to sighted actors. Yeah. So, um, and many of those roles given to sighted actors. So things are changing, um, especially with the other disabilities, you know, the other disabilities, and this is just pure honesty. They're ahead of the game. They've been fighting the fight for a much longer time than blind and low vision actors have, you know, blind and low vision folks are just now, I mean, I've been in the fight for 25 years, but in terms of like organizations in the larger whole, they're just now getting into the fight. Whereas other disabilities have been in this conversation for a very long time. So they're further along mm -hmm. in terms of their representation on, on, on TV, but there is more, there are more opportunities and there are more allies now. Um, and that is key. So it's, it's, it's just keep pushing the needle, keep pushing the needle and, and, and don't, don't stop and say, well, we've made it this far. Yeah. Let's go and congratulate ourselves. No, we got to keep moving. Got to keep and moving. One of the things we hear a lot when uh, working with organizations in the, the theater, TV, movie spaces, well, we have these roles, but we, uh, we don't have anyone to fill them. You know, we don't have blind mm -hmm. actors or actresses to fill these roles, but pretty soon thanks to some really cool work that you're doing that's not going to be an excuse for much longer no it's not and and i want to i want to address that question because you have to think about why why are there not fully trained actors out there and and what what ends up happening there's, there's a lot of finger pointing so the industry points to, well, there's no talent pool. And the university and conservatories say, well, there's no representation on television. There's, it, is, it is a complete circular um, argument. And everybody is uh, participating in the exclusion. Because when you don't cast, when you don't take risks to cast people who actually have disabilities and to see that on screen, you are teaching audiences that it's not possible. You're teaching blind and low vision people that it's not possible. You're teaching right. conservatories that it's not possible. So the industry has to take ownership, uh, has to take responsibility for, for not actually taking risks and casting people because that's going to teach the conservatories, oh, there's actually jobs there. We should, we should let those people, we should actually um, encourage those people into our programs because they can actually have a career. But right now people are actually saying, there's no jobs for you, so we're not gonna accept you into our program because our program is elite and we put out actors who get jobs. That's how we, um, uh, there's, there's a word for it. You know, that's, a, that's where our cachet is. Yeah. Um, so, but in terms of the program, yes. I mean, I've, I feel like um, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the excuses. So, you know, 
we're, it's about time to actually just sort of like put the stick down and go, it's time for change. And it's not just time for change, like, um, not just, I should say, it's both giving actors the opportunity that they've never had before and also showing the industry that if you actually put in a little effort to innovate your techniques, true brilliant artists are going to come out and contribute to the artistic landscape as a whole. And this is what you've been missing this whole time. So it's, it's, a, it's I'm, I'm seeing it from both ends. This training program that I'm putting forward is, is really to, um, is, is to change the whole landscape across the board. Do you want to talk more about it? Absolutely. And this program is called the Access Acting Academy. Uh, so so you, it's the, mm -hmm. yeah, sorry, I'm so excited about it. I keep cutting you off. I don't want to um, get in your so, way. You're a force to be right. Yeah. <laughs> so the Access Acting Academy is, is, is basically an academy that I started. Okay. That is going to house a lot of different programs going into the future. One program that we're launching with, which is going to be part of the Access Acting Academy, it's, just, it's going to be one offering, is the five-week training program for blind and low vision actors. It's five weeks, it's full-time, it's six days a week, and it's absolutely professional training. All the, the, the faculty that are involved are all Masters of Fine Arts faculty. They are the best of the best in Northern America. And that was the agreement that I made with myself is that if I put, if I actually created um, an academy and, and created a program, the actors that would come in would benefit from the highest caliber of training. None of this like, oh, my cousin teaches acting at the local high school. Come on in. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the best of the best. Um, so this program is, um, and I've been thinking about this for so long because I've experienced so much training on my own. And also I started coaching and teaching um, actors about 15 years ago, including blind and low vision actors, but um, all actors across the board. And I found that, that the training that exists right now, you have to think about who created that training, who created movement training, dance training, um, voice training. It was all created by people with the full sense of sight, full sense of hearing and full mobility. So that training right now is taught through the lens of fully able-bodied for other people with full sense of sight, full sense of hearing mobilities and cognitive abilities. So this training actually, and I've been working really, really hard at this because it's, it's hard. It is the, the bias that is in, that is, that is woven into the fabric of the training is, um, is, is quite intense. So this training, I've, I'm actually pulling out all the visual bias um, and I've been working with my collaborators to do that. It's not easy, but it's quite incredible so that we can get to the core of what this training is about. And that is um, developing what is innately inside each person so that it can expand and be expressed. And these people, um, any person can go out and be an amazing storyteller. So this program is acting, it's movement, it's voice, it's devising your own work. You know, the actors are going to be creating their own work. It's embodiment. It's going to be a little bit of dance, um, authentic dance. Um, it's going to be, I'm, I'm actually leading advocacy. Uh, uh, there'll be advocacy workshops every single week because as a disabled artist, you have to learn how to advocate for yourself. That's just a given. Um, there's going to be an entire week. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was going to say, and you mentioned that this program is 
Um, it starts very early in January of 2020, yes. five-week course. Yes. Um, I also yes. love that in the fifth week, you included um, some time for the participants to give back. So not only are they giving yes. of themselves through their art, but they are giving of their you know, body and soul as well to the community. That is, that yes. is awesome. Uh, but we also have an important date coming up here at the end yes. of November. Um, so yes. And that is the, the deadline for applications and submissions. So where do we find out more? How do we apply? Yes. Uh, Yes, please apply. Please apply. The deadline to apply is November 30th. And this is for, you can go to www.accessaccessacting.com, www.accessacting.com. Everything's there. And this program is not just for actors that are already in the process, but for beginners who never thought this was possible. Who, if you hear about this, if you're listening to this and something inside of you sort of awakens and says, maybe this is for me, apply apply, invest in yourself, apply. This is for people too that were acting for a while and gave it up because they started losing their vision and are interested in maybe engaging in this again, apply, come work with us, apply. So the deadline to apply is November 30th. It's in two weeks. Um, you'll find out if you're, uh, we're accepting 12 students. So the individual work that you're getting is amazing. There's at least two to three teachers in every single class. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you'll find out pretty quickly after you apply, if you've got in, and then the program runs from January 6th to February 7th in Los Angeles in this amazing theater. Oh my God. I just saw the theater last week. It's, oh, it's amazing. The space that we're going to be in. It's, it's, it's really going to be incredible. I'm so excited about this. Um, and there's the possibility that a documentary will be done about it because this has never been done before, ever. So a case study is going to be done about this, and we're looking at some a documentary being done about it as well. So apply, apply, apply. Wow. And for those who attended the ACB convention in Rochester this year, they get a small taste of what is in store um, at this acting mm. academy. Um, so I'm sure that there are folks out there who got the bug, who have the itch. Yes, and I'm sure that many ACB members will be checking out accessacting.com to learn more. Marilee, I'm also excited that in this program, you are including advocacy. And you, you mentioned how important advocacy is um, for someone to create new opportunities or even show what they can do with their education and training and to have people give them a chance, a chance that they rightfully deserve and that they have earned. Uh, talk a little bit more about the personal advocacy that you've done to basically will this program into existence. Oh my gosh. Oh, Clark, this is a big one. This is like, I feel like the advocacy, you know, I didn't set out to be an advocate. I set out to be an artist and advocacy you just sort of learn that you have to advocate for yourself as a blind low vision person moving through um, an industry where there's no one like you there's no role model um, so I think the thing that I've been developing over time is 
this idea that I have to be more courageous than I think I am. Because I often have to speak up in places where people have more power than I do, more status. And I have to ask for things that I need to do my job. And um, I have to be willing to step into places that are uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is when there's certain, there's certain instances where I, I, I have to point out that what's happening is not right or I need things, people get very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Um, they, they don't like to be challenged. Um, and especially in the Hollywood industry, um, it has been, um, there's, you, you, the, I have to, I, I mean, all I can say is that I have entered into unprecedented areas <clears throat> and I have to just keep doing a lot of self-care around this, meaning I have to take care of myself because I'm engaging in conversations that are very, very difficult that people often don't want to have. Um, and I do it because I want to pursue my art in a free way. And I also know deeply whatever visibility I have, I have to give back to the community. I have to crack, I have to like kick open those doors that are behind me because I can't be the only one. So, um, so often I'm saying, yes, you did that and more, more, more. Because I feel like often as blind low vision folks, there's a lot of like, oh, thank you so much. And then we stop. We're afraid to ask for more. So in this advocacy, I've been saying, this is great. You did this. Now we need to take 10 steps further. And, I, you know, as, as I don't know if you experienced this, but I know throughout my life, people have often said you have to be patient and you have to accept reality. And my answer to that is always, whose reality do you want me to accept? Yours? Because yours is smaller than mine. Yours will always be smaller than mine. And I'm not willing to be patient like you are because you are not directly affected by what is happening in my world day to day, moment to moment. So it's not, I'm not saying that I'm impatient, but I'm saying that I take action as often as I possibly can. And I'm going to speak. Um, so that's, you know, and the advocacy takes, takes forms in so many different ways. It takes forms in one-on-one -on -one meetings. It takes forms in me talking to large groups of people. It takes forms in me just being an artist and doing the best I possibly can and, and being great at what I do and people going, oh, wow, I didn't know that was possible. So it all comes back to being courageous and saying yes and more. That's kind of my philosophy around this. I said this once too, that if the world doesn't have a, a large enough vision for you, you have to create that vision for yourself and you have to go after it with everything you have. And you cannot wait for the world to catch up to what you know to be true about yourself. Do not wait for the world to catch up. You have to live that yourself. Then they will follow you. Then the change will happen, but you have to be that change. Wow. And the, yeah, I mean, this, this speaks to something that I think 
most, if not all of our listeners have experienced in, in their lives in some way, shape, or form. Um, whether it's access in the classroom or accommodations in the workplace or being a parent and standing up for the rights of their children. Um, Some folks look at the the work that's being done um, in the entertainment industry or with audio description and they're like, why, why does that matter? Why are we spending so much time and energy on this? It's, it's because it's important and it's those people that it's important to who are on that, that vanguard and that leading edge. And they're the ones that once they make a, just a huge stride forward, like you've done here with the, the access acting Academy and getting equal and accurate representation on TV and film screens shows other people that it's possible. In the same way that somebody getting a a law degree or becoming an engineer or an architect um, or, you know, elected to public office shows others that it's possible and teaches, teaches the world around them that this is what we should expect. You know, we shouldn't have this patronizing, low level, uh, bigoted bar of expectations that, oh, look, yeah. at you, you walked in the room. That's, that's such an inspiration. So, right. Marilee, thank you so much for sharing this. And I, I really hope that you'll come back to the ACB convention next year and either hold another acting class or share with folks the successes from this program. Yes. And I, I, sorry, keep going. I just want to put it out there again that folks, this is at this point, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And we hope that there are more opportunities like this in the future. Um, But, you know, (laughs) count, count your blessings that uh, Marilee and others have worked so hard to will this into the universe. Again, applications are due by November 30th. And, you and can... I should say, it's tuition free. Yes. This, this training, honestly, and I'm, this is not hyperbole, the cost of this training would normally be over $10,000 per person. The, this is tuition free. Yes, you have to provide your own housing and travel, but you don't have to pay for the study. Apply, apply, apply. <laughs> Yes, and apply at accessacting.com. Did I get that right? Yes, you did, yes. And apply by November 30th. And again, the course is um, in January, runs five weeks, uh, January to early February. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. But for, for those who want it and want it badly enough, it's being served up on a silver platter. So Marilee, is there anything else you'd like to add? Or if people want to find out more, if they want to see the work that you've done, um, yeah. where should they go? Where, they, where, where should they watch? Yeah, you, well, you, um, so I'm on, I'm on um, a show right now called See on Apple TV. I'm in the first few episodes. Um, I'm very, very proud of the work that I've done on that show. I'm very proud that I get to be one of the few actors um, authentically representing on that show out of the hundreds and hundreds of actors. Um, 
Um, so you can watch me on C. Um, this past year, I've been on NCIS, SBU, New Amsterdam. Um, you can go to my IMDb page. You can also go to my website, merrilytalkington.com. And um, you can just follow me on Instagram as well, an artist warrior, A N A N um, A R T I S T warrior, an artist warrior on Instagram and Twitter. Come follow me. Yay. Um, again, Marilee, thank you so much. We'll include the Access Acting Academy um, as well as your website in the liner notes for the podcast. Um, and we hope that folks from this course uh, are next, your next co-stars. Oh, amazing. Yes. Oh, and there's one more thing. The fifth week of the program. So, uh, so oh, sorry, I know this is going a little bit long, but the training itself is unprecedented. Here's the thing that's the kicker. That last week, week five is a business week. We're going to be introducing you to casting directors, industry professionals, and the pipeline for casting that's going to come out of this program is um, quite simply, it's just never been done before. So actors that come out of this program are going to have immediate opportunities um, to audition, to audition for stuff, which is incredible. So this is, this truly is, yeah, what did you say? Um, uh, serving it up on a silver platter. There you go, people. There you go. No, no excuses. That's right. Well, Marilee, thank you so much for speaking with us today and sharing this awesome program and for sharing your personal advocacy story to make this all happen. Thanks, Clark. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. And as we always say at the end of our podcast, hey, everyone, keep advocating. <laughs>